Hey, Jim, I'm not even going to lie, dude. You know, sometimes you get burnt out by football, right? Like, I played it for a long time. Now I'm covered it. Of course. It. It'll, be, it'll be a Thursday night game. Say it's like, you know, one of those color rush type bad games. Like, if you remember the, the Jacksonville. Hell yes. I was talking about that this you know. week. Exactly. All right. I got to do my job tonight. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Like, you know, but maybe I'll just, you know, throw a couple hundred bucks on the Jaguars. And now I'm invested and I can do my job. Hey everyone, what's cracking? What's going on? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. We are up to episode 236. And it's never a bad day on the original side hustle when I get to chop it up with a two-time Super Bowl champ and a former Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, which is why today is a great day because my guest is former Ram, Patriot, and Eagles defensive end Chris Long. My man, Chris Long, the pride of Charlottesville, Virginia, where he was a high school star, then a college star at UVA, then the number two pick in the 08 draft before eventually lifting Lombardi's in New England and Philadelphia both. He might be retired now, but as you're about to hear, he is not done grinding. So let's jump right into a great conversation and get caught up with a two-time Super Bowl champ, Chris Long. It is episode 236 of the Jim Rome Podcast and... It's coming at you right now. Chris, first things first, since you were so good. No, no. First things first. My man, how you doing? How you living? How are things? <laughs> I'm good, Jim. Thanks for asking, man. Life is good. You know, a couple years out of football now, I'm getting into the rhythms of being a normal human being and uh, I'm loving doing our pod and and football season's fun, man. So I'm into it. Football season is incredible. You know what? I want to touch on that really quickly. You've always been so good, Chris, about being so active off the field and giving back so much, which we'll get into in a minute. But I think you made a really key point that you're a couple of years out right now and you had to kind of find your rhythm and find your routine. How challenging is that when you're a player and you play the game as long as you did and you were so regimented and so structured, what was it like initially when your playing days ended and maybe didn't necessarily have that structure and regimentation right away. Yeah, I think it was tough. I mean, like a whole class of dudes that retired, you know, my year, Jim, uh, entered into normal world uh, and there was a pandemic and things were super disrupted. And, you know, one of the main things about when you get out is you try to be social, you know, um, you know, maintain contact with people. You know, I live in a smaller town. Uh, and, and that sort of thing, because you're leaving a, you're leaving a team, you know, of 53 guys, you've got this social circle. Not only is it a great dis- distraction in life, it's a great thing when, uh, when the, when you got something going on off the field, you got a bunch of family members essentially at work, but, um, you know, they also push you. And I think being around like-minded people, um, it, you know, it can really help develop you as a person. And, uh, it kind of, all of a sudden your development stops and you're like, what do I do, you know, to push myself to be accountable and those sorts of things. So I think when players retire, there's a whole kind of behind the scenes of, of getting settled. But for me, talking about football keeps me around the game. And that's been the fun part for me, uh, learning how to how to watch film as a media member, not as a, a football player. Uh, learning how to perfect my craft. It's kind of replaced the grind of, of football. All right, so that's really interesting. What is the difference between watching film as a player as opposed to watching film as a media member? Well, you know, like you used to pay attention to coverages and that sort of thing behind you. You know, I played defensive end and everything. 
Because you, you, you'd want to know if we're manned up. You want to know, hey, are we in man because we're playing a mobile quarterback, that sort of thing. Everybody's back's turned. Where am I going to get a little bit more time to get home? Hey, in the run game, where's the safety rolled up, that sort of thing. And you, you knew everybody's um, piece of the puzzle. But, you know, I've really had to focus a lot on the back end, pay more attention to quarterbacks. And not like when I played, when it came to studying quarterbacks, it was, hey, is his heel coming off the ground? Uh, when he's under center right before he takes a snap, you know, what's his silent count look like? Um, where does he climb the pocket to? They were all very like you're watching selfishly, you know, because you're handling your business. But as a media member, I've had to kind of dive into other position groups and, and different parts of the game, really, that I never had to. Um, you get pretty comfortable in your world, even if you do play uh, defense as part of an 11 man team, it's been fun to learn. And, um, you know, I'm also doing some stuff with the 33rd team uh, with Tannenbaum and them, and they got so many great older coaches that are out of the game and kind of, you know, um, embarking knowledge on the other people um, like myself, who are lucky enough to work with guys like that. So, you know, it's been a learning experience. See, I love that too. Like for instance, who are some of the older coaches that are a part of the 33rd team that you're working with? Who are some of the guys you're chopping it up with? Well, you know, they got these calls, so you'll hop on and it's a total grab bag of who, who might be on the call and kind of going over, um, you know, the the whatever's going on this week, whatever the big theme is. And, you know, hearing guys like Mike Martz, although he was pretty critical of some of the younger quarterbacks, uh, you know, um, a, a bunch of coaches that I've seen on there, I even, you know, played against or played with um, or played for, sorry. Uh, it's like eye-opening to hear them talk out of the classroom and kind of analyze the entire league. So it's been cool. And uh, and like I said, I come into it with kind of an attitude of I know what I, what I know, but I don't know what I don't know. And uh, if you have that attitude, you can learn ball. You know, Chris, it kind of reminds me of a conversation I had with Thomas Dimitrov a couple of weeks back on this pod where he's doing the same thing, where right now he's doing a pod, but he's taking it on the road and he's talking to peers, guys that he used to go up against and guys he used to compete with, but he's kind of taking them out of their normal element and having these conversations. And he sounds like you sound when you get on that call and you're not exactly sure who's going to be there, although he knows, of course, who he's booking, but you don't know what they're going to say, but they're not going to say what they normally just say or what's expected of them. So I bet that's awesome. And then, again, the best thing about this is you're staying close to the game. So since you were so good to appear on my podcast, I want to ask you about your podcast. You're the host of the Greenlight Podcast. It airs Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the season. For those who have not heard of Chris, how are you approaching it, and how much fun are you having with it? Well, I love it because, you know, when, when we popped on, I said, yeah, it's good to be back in a routine. It really is because from a content perspective, I mean, you, you're built for this, man. You can do you've done it for years, like all day, every day. You, you, you And you can go like for somebody young in the game, you know, some days I'm like, I don't know what the hell to talk about today in the offseason. Um, and you kind of have to create and we dabble in like entertaining people too. Like we're, we, you know, we BS, we, we, we answer mailbag, we, we hit some pop culture, but we are really a football show. So, you know, we have fun in the off season, but once August rolls around, you're excited, you're ready to go. And for me, you know, we got the win involved. So, you know, we give out some lines, we talk gambling, that sort of thing. I like gambling. I enjoy it. Um, so we mix in some of that every weekend. Um, but Monday morning, I got my brother, Kyle, who played for a long time, who just retired, popping in and joining us. And Monday morning is always, as you know, more of like a, hey, react to what happened. 
um, because it is so hard. And when I played, I had no idea how much um, hard work goes into if you're a national media member covering every game, knowing every team. And, you know, like nobody knows the game better than fans. So, um, you know, you can't fool them. They watch their team more than you. So the challenge of in a 24 hour span, really less than that by the time the games wrap Sunday, if you're covering all the games, it's kind of download what happened, try to not get out over your skis and talk about the implications of what happened and maybe some of the plays. But um, a really fun pod for us is Wednesday because I, I, I love kind of peeling back the layers of the onion and figuring out why it happened. And I think like as the week goes on, if you can get in that rhythm where you're watching, you know, the the condensed games, maybe going into a Monday, reading a bunch, um, kind of picking up clips online. And then by Wednesday, you've watched hopefully end zone all 22 of a bunch of the teams. So it's like you get in that rhythm where it's Monday, 10,000 feet view. And then by Wednesday, you're kind of zoomed in on everything. And we BS through the week. We have a lot of fun. And then Friday is kind of like a little college football. We got Stanford Steve on um, every Friday. You know him from uh, SVP show. Uh, he's a good friend of ours and uh, and comes on and BSs with us every Friday and talks lines and that sort of thing. Straight up. Nothing makes me happier than that sound. That is Shopify's new sales sound. It is incredible. The sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. I mean... How many reasons are there to love Shopify? How about this? Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business only. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. You know this if you own a business. Scaling that business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I feel like I own a small business, this podcast. I know where we started. I know where we are right now. And I know where I still want to go. Success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. And nobody understands that better than Shopify. I love, for instance, how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. And like mine, Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. What you want to do is go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E, for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E, all lowercase, and do it right now. Shopify.com slash Rome. See, dude, you understand this. You need a process. It's a different process than what you had as a player. But if, like anything else, you need a process and you need a certain discipline, you need a certain standard, and you understand you got to give them a show. Like the world's changed dramatically. Like everybody's got a platform right now. Everybody understands you've got to be credible and you can't be an a hole. 
but you have to be entertaining. You've got to give them a show. You know, when you say, yeah. Chris, that you like gambling, I'm really curious about this because, you know, for so long it was so taboo. We were not allowed to talk about it, and you just didn't <laughs> talk about it. And by the way, dude, I'm old enough. Like, I'm like your dad. So I always took pride in the fact that I love the games. I don't need to get down to enjoy yeah. the games. But then once it was okay to get down, I found that I enjoyed the games even more. When you say that you like gambling, <laughs> do you like it because, as a former player, I'm really curious, do you like it because it's content and it's good for the podcast, or does it really enhance the way you watch games? Well, I think first it was something to do once I got out, you know, like something to compete at, you know, like challenge yourself in a weird way. Hey, yeah. I, think I, I think I know the game, you know, uh, and then I'm going to try to, you know, throw a little a little something on some of these games on Sundays. And what you find out real quick is you might know the game, but you don't know that game. <laughs> and I think there's a whole ebb and flow to to trying to be a smart gambler that I'm still learning. And as somebody who, yeah, I do give out some some picks and that sort of thing. Um, I, I want to be responsible and give out good picks. And, you know, I don't want to just throw stuff out there um, just because I'm getting paid by a casino. You know, like I'm really interested in kind of like the art form of gambling, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But it, like, absolutely. there are people, there are people that know the game, you know, and there's all types of things that you pick up on and patterns and that sort of thing. And when to buy, you know, buy low and sell high on a team, you know, a team coming off a big win, that sort of thing. Like, I felt really good about San Francisco last week. Um, you know, they were they were laying 10 um against the Seahawks because people just bought into the Seahawks so hard coming off that Monday night game but by the fourth quarter the the Seattle Denver game I'm saying to myself whoever they play next week I'm betting the other team and it just so happened to be a team that was in an opposite situation um so it's stuff like that I mean it's just you think about it a little bit differently than you did emotionally as a player and just trust in your gut it's not only a different game, it's almost a different sport altogether. And those guys, even if they never play the game, they understand that game better than the game that you played. And you got to know that, you know? Yeah. So, and, and we're uh -huh. learning. You're yeah. learning that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm learning it. And, um, and it's fun, man. At the end of the day, you, you hit a nail on the head. It's not just, hey, man, um, I want to give out good picks. It's also like when you're into a game, there's nothing more fun. And I never realized this as a player because obviously you're so focused on what you do. But the reason the NFL is king, obviously gambling is a piece of it. But it's that gravitational pull that the NFL seems to have every 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Uh, slate. At the end of that slate, every game just gets tight. It's like this death grip. <laughs> and, uh, and all the lines are kind of right on it. I mean, obviously some teams... Um, cover easily or, or, or what have you. But I just feel like it's so interesting because the games are not only so electric, but there's a whole second layer to to being entertained by the NFL that's been going on for eons, right? But now it's just people say it out in the open. It's so true, Chris. I used, I used to make the joke that the league, and, and I only said it half in jest. I didn't mean it fully, but I used to say all the time, the league only exists for one reason, and it's gambling. And I would say it just to be kind of a smart aleck, but there's something to it. I mean, not only that, but you're right. And this has gone on for a long, long time. Now when I watch games and I've yeah. got this action, dude, it's like I'm exhausted by the end of the day. And in a good way, but you're so emotionally invested yeah. in everything. Like, it used to be back in the day. And I love the mm -hmm. fact you and I were just talking process. Like, we haven't talked about shit yet. Other than, like, this is really interesting stuff, but I haven't asked you about Philadelphia or Buffalo. The fact of the matter is, it used to be back right. in the day, Chris, we would check out in a blowout. But now you can't check out 
out mentally or emotionally of any game because you're right. They're almost <laughs> always on the line, right? Hey, Jim, I'm not even going to lie, dude. You know, sometimes you get burnt out by football, right? Like, I played it for a long time. Now I'm covering it. Of course. It. It'll, be, it'll be a Thursday night game. Say it's like, you know, one of those color rush type bad games. Like, you remember the, the Jacksonville. <laughs> Hell yes. And all. I was talking about that this you know, week. Exactly. You know, but so you're like, all right, I got to do my job tonight. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Like, you know, but maybe I'll just you know, throw a couple hundred bucks on the Jaguars and now I'm invested and I can do my job more effectively because I'm going to be glued to the TV. So like in a weird way, uh, you know, it's held me a little bit more accountable when it comes to like staying on my uh, uh, on my game. Dude, can I tell you how much I respect that answer? That's just that's real, man. That is just the ad. <laughs> that is the truth. I say it on the air, Chris, myself that, man, if they didn't pay me to watch that shit, I would never watch that shit. But they pay me to watch <laughs> that shit. But you're right. You throw a couple of bones at it and all of a sudden you can't stop watching it and you're doing your job. <laughs> yeah. And it's great as yep. long as you win. You know, isn't it amazing yeah, too? like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no matter yeah. how much money you have, Chris, isn't it amazing? Like, explain this to me, the mentality of this. Is it like ego? Do you not want to be wrong? Why does 200 bucks make us feel so anxious when in the big picture, we've spent a lot more money on a lot of other things that didn't make us feel that way. Why are we so emotionally invested in an investment like that? Well, it's probably more than 200 some nights. <laughs> there you go. There's that. But, there is that. But, <laughs> But if I'm saying, you know, if I'm being honest and I'm like, hey, there's a game I don't want to bet, like say, you know, um, it's just a stay away for some reason. Like last night, Eagles and uh, and and Minnesota, like I thought the Eagles cover, but I, I thought maybe it was my my emotional investment. So you stay out of it. And then maybe I throw a couple hundred on a parlay, you know, same game parlay type thing, maybe a couple little props with like a big payoff, right? And so at least I'm going to be kind of into the action. But I think more than anything, it's just trying to master something that you know is difficult. Like you can kind of screw around and be like, all right, gambling's just this thing. And that's how I gambled the first couple of years out. Like, oh, action, you know, like, hey, something to, I'm just laying bets. It feels good to just have, have some action. action. Sure. Now it's like, all right, you know, the, the initial rush of being able to gamble on the NFL has kind of passed. And I'm doing it way less impulsively. And it's just kind of like uh, you just learn the game and try to control yourself and know when you're up, you know, don't get too greedy. And when you're down, don't chase too hard and all that stuff. Uh, it, it takes time to learn how to do it. Hey, are you craving some protein after a good workout? I always am. Listen, this time, don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? So, dude, you have, you have good discipline. If you were not going to bet your former team because you knew emotionally that you might have a feeling and you're already saying things like, hey, I have to know that when I'm up, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. And if I get down, I don't want to chase. Like, you've already learned that discipline. That's good. I mean, I, I could keep doing this and keep talking gambling with you. But before I let you go, Chris, got to get your thoughts. What about your team? What about Philadelphia? I mean, what a wild week two that was overall. But 
Philadelphia looked just great. Yeah. I mean, great Monday night. We knew they were stacked. Chris, I know it's only two games, but Jalen Hurts looks like a completely different cat so far this season. I mean, am I getting too far ahead of myself, or might they be the team to beat in the NFC? Well, I think they're right up there. I think, and it's interesting. You've got Philly and just a ton of weapons offensively um, as one of the teams. You have uh, you have San Francisco in my book, who I had picked to to go to the Super Bowl, who I think their chances actually got better yesterday. Right? I mean, nobody's nobody's whispering about that. I mean, I feel terrible for the kid, um, but maybe in the long run, this is the best thing for everybody. Um, I, I think the Niners, I think uh, the Eagles, I think the Vikings are still a very good team. They had a terrible game plan last night. Um, and, and then and then the Bucks. I mean, you know, in 2019, if you remember when New England was on that historic defensive pace and everybody was like, is this a, you know, a historically good defense? And we knew like it wasn't. Um, they had played some poor opponents and they had a really good scheme. I mean, um, you look at Tampa Bay, they got a bunch of playmakers on defense. And we didn't count that 2019 Pats team out, uh, even though they lost to to the to the Titans, I think it was in the playoffs. Uh, this Bucks team is better than that team. And um, they can win with defense and running the football. So those are kind of the four teams for me. And obviously, you never count out Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they, they have some stuff to work out. I don't want to overreact to them losing to the Vikings week one. I mean, that kid catches that football, Christian Watson, that game's totally different on the road, right? You, you don't get a bunch of those plays. And then the Vikings have played them tough for years now. So I think they'll figure it out. But the Eagles, man, they are stacked. You look at their offensive line, which has kind of always been the engine there. I think they get the best, maybe the best tackle in football over the past couple of years, man, since that Super Bowl run, Lane Johnson. Um, you've got Dickerson who's come along. Uh, you've got Jason Kelsey still playing really strong. And Jordan Mailata, the kid that when I was there, they, they didn't even draft him. I think they just signed him. He was playing rugby in New Zealand. Hmm. The guy's 6'8", 360. Now he's on a second contract. So that's a great unit to kind of build around. They got a great offensive line coach. A.J. Brown's just – he looks even better than last year. Dallas Goddard's the most underrated tight end in the game. And, you know, let's not forget about Devontae Smith and the other weapons they have. So this year was all going to be just like, hey, Jalen, what can you do with it? In a year, uh, we'll be looking at a bunch of quarterbacks in the draft, and people have been not so quiet about the fact that Howie Roseman kind of does whatever Howie Roseman feels like doing, and that could entail, you know, a young talent at quarterback in the offseason. But if he plays like last night, man, um, he's going to be just fine, and we won't even be talking about that in April. Uh, he was the best throw he made all night, and he completed like 10, 11 balls in a row, was his first incompletion. I mean, huh. he fitted up there in between three dudes to Dallas Goddard. Goddard just couldn't hang on to it. He was so efficient. He uses his legs. The RPOs really slow people down. It's a scary team. You know, if I was preparing for the Eagles team, I, I would be nervous. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We are talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up game partner. 
And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anyplace else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So download the DraftKings Sports So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code ROME to get 200 bucks in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code ROME, R-O-M-E. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Man, I think you're so right. And I think that point Christian made about Howie Roseman, it seems to me I was talking about this on my show today. There's a reason why he stockpiled all those number ones. And I'm guessing one of those reasons was that he knows, he knows their Super Bowl quality, that they're stacked, that maybe the quarterback was the last remaining question. So he had those picks just in case. But you're not going to have to worry about a quarterback if this guy keeps playing the way he is. Chris, before you go, you mentioned Tampa Bay. I agree with you. I think defensively, man, I love them defensively. They are so good defensively. I'm curious, when you see, look, we know the Saints and the Bucks hate each other. It's not at all surprising to see them go the way they did. Yeah. But you played with Tom Brady. You know Tom Brady. If you had to guess, like when he was on the sideline and he was really frustrated, you know, heat of the moment, game flow kind of stuff, or what do you think was going through him as he abused that league-issued tablet, if you had to guess? <laughs> Man, that tablet is is really taking a beating right? over the last few years. Did Microsoft like? Did they know that it was going to be like this? When they, I think they're I getting mean, their money's worth. Yeah, people are looking. Um, so you know, and they look durable. But Brady, <laughs> yeah, Brady. I think there's an element of Brady that he didn't know quite what he was getting into this year. You know, with these injuries, how could you? I mean, you lose a couple guys in your interior offensive line that, you know, and you happen to have to take a break over, over uh camp. And there's um, a lot of kind of getting on the same page that goes on between an offensive line and, uh, and the quarterback, especially one that demands. And I heard Kurt Warner say this, uh, I think it was on NFL network. And he was like, Tom likes to, re- he likes an offensive line that resets the line of scrimmage, which is a really interesting way of thinking about it. You think about it in the run game, but you know, where is that, you know, how deep do I have to get to have six yards of cushion or whatever it is um, that Tom Brady prefers? He likes to step up in that pocket. So that was a big one. And then, you know, like Julio Jones already missing time. Um, I, you know, I, I made comments in the offseason. Let's not, you know, on paper, get too excited about the acquisitions because um, I'm not sure you got better. You know, like you can throw gauge at, at us you can throw julio jones um who's been kind of up and down because of injuries the last couple of years um kyle rudolph you know some names um but they don't have gronk anymore chris godwin's coming off an acl um i'm not saying they don't have anybody to throw to but this is reminiscent well i don't want to go that far of of, of his last couple of years in in new england it's not but it's it's not as good as it was and i think it's frustrating for him because he's realizing it's going to be a long year, man. Like they'll they'll figure it out, but it's just going to be a bitch to figure it out. They're, I mean, they're they're dealing with a lot, and Leonard Fournette is a big swing guy for them. If he can if he can tote the rock like he has for stretches these first two games, 
Um, they'll be in every game, and the defense will keep them there. I, I mean, last thought, Chris, on that, and I want to ask you about your foundation before you go too, but if if he has these concerns, and understandably so, and if he's thinking to himself, this isn't necessarily what I signed up for because how could he know? And then I don't want to get into it because I don't know, but if there's challenges at home and he's not sure he likes things at work, I mean, what do you think his guy's dealing with day to day? How conflicted must he be? And can you relate to that on any level? Like, can you explain what he must be going through on and off the field? Well, you know, I can't speculate what's going on off the field, but I know that every player, you know, deals with so much um, that you only see the tip of the iceberg with everybody. So, you know, there's a whole locker room full of guys that are dealing with, you know, personal issues and and, um, they're dealing with, you know, he's a 45 year old guy, man, you know, as he put it, not, not, you know, pretty eloquently in preseason, like it, shit gets complicated. And this guy's lived like three lifetimes of football. Um, it's been a long road. And I think, you know, when you leave the game and at some point he's going to have to, you want to go out on your terms and you want to go out the right way. And, um, he's, he's the ultimate competitor. So, I think part of it might be a little frustrating. There was a, it was a long off season, right? There was the retirement. He got scooped by like Adam Schefter. So it never seemed right to me. You know, Tom Brady goes out getting scooped by somebody like tweeting out his retirement. Um, it just didn't see, seem like a, a farewell. Dude, that's not going out on your own terms. Right. So it just didn't seem like his kind of farewell. So, you know, for me, I think it's just been a long off season. The dolphin stuff, um, you know, he had to take a break. He looks great. I mean, he's throwing the ball really, really well. Um, but New Orleans is always a, a slugfest. They just need a game to kind of get into a rhythm, and uh, and maybe they can find some solid footing in the passing game. But as I was saying, it, the, the the line for them between, hey, we've got some good veteran pieces, and we don't know what we're doing on Sunday uh, getting the ball out um, is pretty thin. Let me talk to you for a minute about a product I absolutely love. A product that is as good as its awesome name. The Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1. Incredible. Why is it incredible? Because it is the most powerful handheld steamer I have ever seen. Fast and easy wrinkle removal and an extra large sole plate can be used vertical or horizontal. And it works without steam as a dry iron. There's nothing this thing can't do. Advanced heat technology is ready almost instantly. And it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. And there are four settings for delicate to turbo. And it's perfect for all fabrics. And it kills 99.9% of bacteria and sanitizes around the house and refreshes your clothing. And it's so easy to use. And it's great for both being at home or on the go. To get yours today, just go to Amazon and search Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. And look for the steam and iron 2-in-1. Great, great product. I love it. 
You know, the thing is, Chris, last thought, you, when you stop playing, there's always that thing about structure and regimentation and discipline and what do I do? And then there's that loss of identity. You know, if you're not sure, if you've always been that guy and then all of a sudden you're not that guy, then who are you? You were always good about having things other than football and your foundation, among other things, focuses on clean water access and educational equity. The foundation really is and has done such amazing work. I'm really curious, why is this particular project and focusing on clean water is so important to you. It's not your only interest, but why is that particular thing so of great, such great interest to you? Well, Jim, you know, like when we, my wife and I used to do a lot of stuff off the field kind of without broadcasting it, you know, in the community. And when we were in St. Louis, I was there for the long haul, you know, being a hot pick and then signing a big second deal. So like I was, I was kind of, that was a community for me. And um we we got into it but i never had a foundation until like about the middle of my career and um i had gone to uh you know this kind of what you were talking about just live a well-rounded existence if you can uh i wanted to go travel a little bit i was six seven years in my career i was kind of in the prime of my career i want to go to uh, east africa and climb kilimanjaro so i did it in the off season with one of my teammates james hall who was kind of like a big brother to me we go over there we climb this big ass mountain and we come down and, um, you know, I'm really getting to know people on the ground. Some people talk to me about, you know, the, the, the issues with water there. And I just never, it never occurred to me, sheltered American dude, you know, um, finally traveled and voila, dude, you know, that's, that's kind of the beauty of getting out and seeing the world as you find out the way things really are. And, um, for me, it was eye opening, and we started water boys because I'm just kind of a, of the mindset, like life might put you in some places um for a reason and uh there's so many issues in the world and it can seem like hey how do we help out like every athlete has a has a foundation everybody's got a cause and it feels like we'll still never solve a lot of our problems but for me it was like let me just start where i can and not overthink this thing you know i traveled here i met people that really made an impression on me i heard stories that made an impression on me um, and I think there's a real niche we can occupy in the space of clean water. Uh, the lack of clean water, I mean, is an issue here domestically too. Two million people uh, don't have access to clean water in the United States. So we do domestic wells as well, but we've done uh, over 120 deep borehole wells in, in East Africa. Uh, we climb Kili every year with veterans and, um, and, and athletes. So we've had a bunch of great athletes climb that mountain with me. Haloti Nada, his big ass retired on top of the mountain. So, um, that was a, that was a process getting big man up there, but we did. Dude, no and, doubt. Uh, and we just raised a lot of money and we're, we're trying to, we're trying to provide about a million. Our goal is a million people with the gift of clean drinking water. We're at 500,000. So we're moving along and then we do some ed zone stuff here domestically so you know i kind of think about it like the fastest way to change the world is the implementation of clean water solutions internationally i mean uh and and domestically it's education so that's kind of where we've gotten in and trying to do, try to do as much as we can and and being being retired it can be a challenge because you know you don't have the same visibility but if you just stay committed we can do some pretty amazing things well, I want to make sure I asked you about that. And I'm so glad I did. What a great, great cause and good for you. That's the Chris Long Foundation doing amazing work. My man, I understand that with the new 
schedule and the work you have. That was a major ask that I just had of you, and you just gave me a half hour and a really good half hour. So oh, I appreciate yeah. you, dude, so much. No problem. Thank you very, no very problem. much. You make, you make it easy, Jim. Thanks, Great bro. content. Appreciate you, Chris. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Jim. You make it easy, my guy. Thanks. You know, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like how they require minimums, and worse yet, how the rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. And now that we've talked about that, why don't we get back to doing what we do best, talking some junk and talking sports. You know, what we do, where we live, who we are. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms do apply. It should go without saying, but I will say it nonetheless. I've always been an enormous fan of Chris Long because he is a total class act. Really impressive dude. And clearly, these things have always been true, always will be. So my thanks to him for making the time and stretching out on the original side hustle. What a great conversation that was. In fact, if you're looking for more conversations like that one, I have hundreds more for you. And I mean hundreds. We have over 200 episodes that are totally free and premium content and they're in the can and they hold up beautifully and a brand new one drops every single week. So subscribe right now and this way every new episode will find its way to you and you don't have to go looking for it. And as you find that subscribe button, I've got a little present for you. Your voicemails. First new message. Holy crap, Jim Rohn. This is Scotty Farrell. I mean, seriously, Matt Money Smith, you interviewed that turd? What am I? Chop bacon here? Holy crap, dude. You got me on speed dial. And another thing, next time you go in the basement, how about dropping me a line? I can host the show. Seriously, Brian Weber with two Bs? Holy crap. Have you seen that guy's chest? It's more like Brian Weber with double Bs. Hey, NCAA, by the way, next year, rank Notre Dame 25 and let them work their way up instead of work their way down for one. Holy crap. Message saved. Next message. Jimmers, you freaking legend. This is Steph from Quebec. I haven't called you in decades. Love Big Head bets. Would be even better if uh, we had a pick of the week from Big Head. Best bet kind of thing. Keep up the good work, buddy. Message saved. Next message. Rome, Jacques in North Carolina. Brother, just sitting here on Friday afternoon on the 16th, enjoying the jungle, burning one here in the backyard. Just wanted to let you know, last night I saw a direct TV commercial starring Dak Prescott where he gets tackled and injured by a desperate housewife. What a great prediction. What a loser. Dak already injured for the year. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Vance Mac? It's Brady. Yo, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I'm actually a quarter Husker because my grandpa's from North Platte. So I'm sorry to say it doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of people chanting Herb's name out there. But, uh, yo, you and I, we got to keep telling them don't do it. And hopefully the right people will hear. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim. It's Rob from Reno. So I've been listening to your... Reinvention Project podcast, and it was really great. I was feeling all healthy again and really good in my mind, body, and spirit. And Then I came across this podcast by this guy called Nij Omer, and it was the Uninvention Project. 
So then I started drinking in the morning and smoking cigarettes and doing whatever I wanted. And it was all fun and stuff, but man, I missed the reinventing. Message deleted. Next message. Hi, Jim. About to be in Calgary. Can you do this? Message deleted. You have no more messages.